You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I can only say that it feels right, it feels right, it feels right, yeah. I can only say that it feels right. Hello, good friends, and welcome to another episode of the 10,000 Layers Podcast. I'm Kyle Radke, here with, as always, Julian. How are you, buddy? Doing good, Kyle. How are you? Doing well, man. It's a little gloomy out, um, so I don't know if that does anything for my health. Are you pro-rain or anti-rain? I'm like, I'm neither. I'm like, or whatever. Or yeah, do you not have a strong stance on rain? I guess I prefer the sun over the rain, but okay. um, and I grew up in a family of uh, farmers, as hard as that is to believe for some people probably. Um, and every time I talk to them and they, they tell me that the crops need more rain. So um, the crops always need more rain. They, they need I've, more rain. I've learned one thing from, you know, movies, books, the crops always need <laughs> the, more rain. the crops need the rain. Uh, okay. Um, we have a great guest today. Uh, you know, yeah. Uh, Jace Frederick <laughs> from the Pioneer Press, uh, Timberwolves uh, beat writer, and also the host of the Bunker to Bunker podcast. Uh, go check that out. Um, and also the only media member that I would want to drink wine with in a San Diego hotel room. Are you uh, sure? Like, I feel like you do that with just about anybody, right? I mean, because it doesn't get much better than that. Yeah, I mean, you're probably right. It's probably more about the wine and less <laughs> about the person I'm with. I For me, it'd be about the San Diego hotel room. But oh, it wasn't yeah. a great hotel room. Um, <laughs> no. Okay, all right, all right. It, it had a beautiful view of like the parking lot, and maybe a little bit of a woodsy area beyond that, if I recall. Yeah, this is when the Timberwolves sent me to San Diego and China. I was gone for like twenty-seven straight days. Yeah. Um, and the Timberwolves stayed at this like the players and coaching staff stayed at this like super bougie hotel. Um, but they sent me with, and they didn't let me stay at that hotel. I had to stay at like this crappy <laughs> under a bridge somewhere. Um, yeah, it wasn't. I mean, it was like. Again, it was fine. I was in San Diego for free, but I was just by myself for ten days in this hotel room. Um, yeah, Good I remember time. that was a, it was a little bit of a drive too from like where they would practice to where you stayed. Well, I did the math. Uh, like my Uber there and back ended up costing like, you know, and then going to the hotel or the uh, practice facility, it ended up being like one hundred and twenty dollars extra per day. Um, <laughs> Which should like, just put you, you in a nicer you, hotel yeah. room. Could have stayed yeah. in a team hotel. I, yeah, I know, I know, I know, whatever it's, uh, okay. We're recording this, uh, like I think probably less than 24 hours before the trade deadline. So there's a chance when everybody hears this, something wild has happened and you're going to hate this podcast. Listen, we don't, if we don't you talk come about to it. the 10,000 layoffs podcast for breaking news, I have some breaking news for you, <laughs> which is that you're listening to the wrong podcast. But we, but were, we, we only talk about things that happen 24 to 48 hours. Uh, or things people late. tweet 
that may or may not be true, but we're just seeing it. So we just right. report it. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Journalistic standards are low. Okay. They're pretty low these days. That's true. Um, thanks to, to Barstool Sports for that. But um, okay. Jace, by the time people listen to this tomorrow um, or, you know, on th- I guess on Thursday, do you think the Wolves make a big time move or do they just probably, is it more likely that maybe this trade like Jake Lehman for, for like cash? What, what, what's your anticipation for the trade deadline? Yeah. I think if you're going to see a move, it's more likely to be the latter. Um, I think just after the all-star break, the way they've played, there just feels like there's a lot less desperation um, for this team to have to go out and make a big splash. I think there's more optimism about maybe what they have and what Chris Finch has been able to get out of guys. And now it's, well, let's just wait and see when D'Lo and Malik get back and we'll see what we actually have here down the stretch run. I think they this front office wants to see what this actually looks like. Everybody wants to see what it actually looks like. And while like there's the thought of, yes, we need to upgrade at power forward, you can't do that without giving something up. Um, and I think they maybe would like to hold on to like a Malik Beasley um, and and not ship off another pick just, just to improve at that spot for the back stretch of the season here when you can easily just wait until the off season and then see what you have and determine what your needs are at that point. Are you surprised with, uh, you know, I, I think heading into all-star break, there was all this optimism uh, coming from Timberwolves fans, which they always seem to have, which is odd, <laughs> <They> do. <laughs> but like, I now I'm a fan too, but like, I'm probably more on the negative side, but um, like there was this like, just wait until Chris Finch has the all-star break. Oh my gosh, this team's going to look different. And I was like, okay, you guys like chill. But then you watch after the All-Star break, and that's exactly what happened. The team looks a hundred percent different. Um, has it been Finch? Has it just been like players are playing better? Has it been the team needed a break? Is it a combination? I like some of the things Finch did. Uh, I think them coming and playing defense more with like much less, okay, drop, stay back, just be in this right position pretty static uh, it, it's a lot more like be aggressive get out there defend on the perimeter let's let's switch let's do all these different things to where guys are just being aggressive and if you're over aggressive then yeah maybe puts us in a bad spot but somebody else can try to make up for it because this team was too young to to just be like let's just be in the right spots because often they weren't in the right spots and they weren't very good at even just you know rotating in and just changing their angles when guys would drive their help defense was always pretty bad uh you might as well just be aggressive. I like that on the on the defensive end. Offensively, I don't know. It, putting the ball in Ant's hands, I think, has been huge. Um, just kind of letting him really kind of control the offense. I loved the set they had in that win over Phoenix where Carl and Ant played from the elbows, which you never see. Two guys playing off the elbows and, and working from there. And it just – it was a different look. It worked for Ant's skill set. It worked for Carl's skill set, what they were able to do, play off one another. That was great. But it also, like – how good have they been now? They look competent, right? They look like a competent NBA team. It's not like they look like this is a world beater. It looks like, oh, okay, like maybe they can win some games. And that's kind of what they've done is they've won some games. And then they just had a stinker against OKC. So when you when you set down the expectation for yourself on the floor, it's easy to step over it. <laughs> once <laughs> once basically once you get your head out of your butt. I mean, I don't yeah, I mean, if it's if it's the wolves versus the world, I'm still probably taking the world. All things, you know, all things, all things considered. But you're right. I mean, it's nice. If anything, it's just nice as a fan to see a team, the team, to be blunt, not look like a dumpster fire. Right. You know, and so I mean, I think there's there's a lot of consternation, rightfully so, about the draft pick and like, do you tank? But but even the people who I think wanted to tank probably didn't want 
what the early part of this season looked like, which was just like nothing good. You know, it's it's really nice that Edwards is playing better. It's nice that it seems like Edwards playing better can also lead to the team playing better. Um, but you know, obvious obvious growing pains and always bad the other night. But yeah, I yeah, it's it's an interesting situation. And you you know you can like you can win some games and still very easily hold right. on to one of those bottom three spots. Right. Like there's a middle ground there. Totally. We we talked to John Krasinski probably, I don't know, two weeks ago. Um, and, he, and he talked about before everything happened, uh, he just talked about how this season has probably been one of the toughest, um, which is saying something as a Timberwolves reporter, but it's probably a combination of uh, not being able to be at practices, which Huh. On a season like this, I would actually imagine the uh, that's the opposite. I would uh, I would like to be as far away as a team as I could be. Um, but I guess for you, how weird has this season been? Obviously, like there's like the the, the bubble inside. Some fans are coming back, and then the the the, the Ryan situation. Um, it's just been kind of an odd season for the worst team in the league. Um, like certainly in the headlines, though. From like a coverage perspective, yeah. Yeah, it's been really weird. Uh, it's the zooms. It's just like you don't really feel like you're actually talking to anybody. It's just very much like that person's in a computer screen, and you can almost forget like that's a person. Uh, there's there's no like you know usually most years you can go into the locker room and pregame and just talk to people, uh, just have a casual conversation like, hey, the, the college you went to, their basketball team sucked last night. Oh, shut up, aha. Uh-huh. You know, and, and just and they, that could, gets into different conversations about different random things that have nothing to do with the reporting or anything, but just to like, I don't know, feel a little bit more human um, interaction where instead so many of these games it's been like, and you could tell like Carl was sick of it. They come in, they sit down at post-game Zoom. All right, why was it so terrible tonight? Okay, what's wrong now? How do you fix this? I don't know. You asked me that two days ago. I still don't know how to fix it. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, I don't. We don't really know what else to ask here. And and that's the problem when you're in these long losing streaks and there's no like face to face. There's no just like time for casual conversations here and there. It's just like you're the bearer of bad news almost. Like, yep, you guys were really bad again. What do you have to say about it? <laughs> that was that was really weird. Um, so when they win games and, and guys are a little bit more lighthearted or hearted and the questions can be about other things than just being terrible because as much as you like might want to write about features and stuff, when the team's losing seven, eight straight games, nobody wants to read anything else. They don't want to be like, oh, look at what this guy did in the community. Look what this guy's doing with his life. Look what this guy's overcome. Like nobody cares. They just like, this team sucks. Get this story away from me. And that's kind of what a lot of times you might have a feature and then you're just banking it. Like, I'm going to wait until they win a game or two. <laughs> so then there's a few more positive vibes around here before this actually goes out, because otherwise it will just get totally ignored and written off. It's the zoom perspective has been weird, but it is nice to like, you talked about not being able to go to practice. You experienced this. Julian experienced this. I experienced this. You spent so much time in that media room waiting for yep. practices to start. It would be like four hours. You would sit in that room total between before and working in it after for like a 20 minute availability. So to be able to sit at home, and actually really work without distractions around you. And then whenever the Zoom pops up, it pops up. That's a lot nicer. Um, that's probably a lot of businesses have found Zoom more efficient. I think we've found Zoom more efficient there too. It's interesting. I feel like there's some elements in which Zoom kind of makes it a little more egalitarian. You know, like you don't have to be, you don't have to get into the building. There's this, like, <laughs> in, you know, if you're in another state, I can imagine for national writers, it's probably easy because they can just hop mm-hmm. from Zoom to Zoom. But yeah, in terms of the relationship building, I can imagine that's really, really difficult. So it was interesting. I think Haley O'Shaughnessy was talking about how 
she really liked all the Zoom availabilities and having them recorded um, mm -hmm. and how that will probably be here to stay. And, you know, that'll be something that kind of continues even after the pandemic is over. But yeah, I, I can imagine for somebody like you who's on a team beat and whose job is kind of predicated on developing relationships with these players so that you can get things that aren't just, you know, whatever, not to, you know, whatever canned statements they have at availabilities, um, get like, you know, minus the occasional, you know, there's always like one or two availabilities where people say something that kind of make you perk up. But for right. a lot of the time, it's, it's pretty, uh, you know, it's standard, it's standard stuff. I've actually thought like the international perspective of Zoom mm. media has been interesting because Timberwolves games now, there are a couple reporters from, um, I think there's one in Peru and there's one in Spain and they're popping on to ask about Ricky Rubio, ask Ricky Rubio questions uh, a lot and they're probably getting a lot of content from it. And you know Ricky's got tons of fans over there, mm -hmm. obviously. Uh, and they're probably getting far more coverage of Ricky Rubio than they've ever had before because it's easily available. And in Spanish. Right, exactly. Yep, they're asking questions in Spanish. Ricky's answering in Spanish. So it, if it's radio or whatever it might be, it can be plugged in, you know, in Spanish into mm -hmm. like the broadcast that, that next day or that evening or whatever it may be. The Zoom thing is genius because I remember we had this, we've had this discussion before, but there was always this um, like sports reporter. And especially in my early days with the Timberwolves, I remember there'd be Timberwolves practices and there would be eight people from the Timberwolves content team at practice. And it was like, this is so stupid. Why do we have eight people here? Like we have work to do. Um, and like similar to like everybody having to be at the arena, uh, you know, obviously for the games, that's different, but if there's a practice and like somebody can't make it and it's like Kent's driving from like Wisconsin. Um, and it's like, you have people coming for like, from like 45 minutes and it'll be like a four minute availability. And it's like, this is the dumbest, like, this is the dumbest thing ever, but it was like, Oh no, we just keep doing this forever because, and if you don't show up, you can't get the clips unless you go on wolves radio, soundcloud, I guess. But, yeah. um, and you like, felt dirty doing that because it was yeah. like big no, no. And it just, to me, it was, I don't know that, 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 that hopefully it does change for the better where like journalists don't have to like a journalists are already underpaid B like, Oh, let's make them travel to all this stuff and like burn them out when they're already working 150 nights a year. Like that's smart. Like I, I just hope the whole concept and it's unfortunate that it took a pandemic. I'm not saying like, Whoa, go like go pandemics. But like, I think there are positives to look at as far as like how we're doing work and how we can be become a little more efficient. And, and for the listeners who might not be familiar with kind of how this goes, if you think about a game day, you have a shoot around at 1130 in the morning. Ugh. You in which there's an availability that probably lasts five to fifteen minutes. Then you have pregame, but you probably wait an hour, right? But you probably yes. you yep. wait an hour because those shootarounds they say they're going to end at a certain time. They can end really whenever the coach decides to end them. You have pregame availability, which for us is about usually like five fifteen, five or five fifteen for the Timberwolves coach, and then five thirty for the opposing coach. Um, and then you have the game, and then you have a postgame availability. Um, and so right there, like if you try to leave between sh shoot around in the game, which I, most people probably do, cause you're not going to sit at the arena for six hours, but you have this like very segmented, very long day and that's for every single game. So at least like having shoot around availability on zoom, be an option feels like it could be a really, a real quality of life improvement for a lot of people. Yeah. You talk about 
like 20 minutes in for shoot around, but you're there for maybe an hour total mm-hmm. and then 20 minutes back. And then you got like four hours and then 20 minutes in again. It just, and that's living 20 minutes away where some people are driving in from 30, 35, 40. Like you talked about Kent. Uh, he lives probably close to an hour away and, and he would stay there because what's he going to do? Drive an hour there and back. You know, it, right. it's, it's silly. Um, and, and I don't want to get too inside media here, but post game, Usually we'd sit in the locker rooms and you might get one guy as soon as you walk into the locker room and everybody else has to shower and they've got to work out and then shower and then they got to get dressed. And it might be like 45 minutes before Carl Anthony Towns is ready. And that might be the case now, but once player A goes here in the Zoom session, we can all transcribe it and get it all ready mm-hmm. and knock that all out and transcribe Chris Finch, who talks right after the game and get all that done. So 45 minutes later when Carl's done, We've only wasted 10 minutes and we've used the 35 other minutes for work because we had our computers right in front of us and we weren't just sitting in the locker room, stand, sitting there just kind of holding our hands and waiting. Um, so it's it's helped efficiency by like tenfold. Yeah, that's, that's good. Um, okay. Zoom sponsor us, please. Boom, yeah, Zoom sponsor <laughs> or like any like you know Google Meets or you know whatever whatever wants to sponsor us. Um, we'll even listen to Skype. Yeah, Kodak. And like I don't know if they're a company anymore, but they, they, we can we'll take it. Um, okay, uh, we'll go inside media a little bit more. We played this game with John Krasinski. We have three questions focused are on the being, same questions. They are not the same questions. Okay, Thanks for listening, by the way. I listened. I did. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, we know Julian. We now know one of the eighty-four people that listen to this podcast. Um, <laughs> I'm not saying I catch every episode, but I catch some. We're doing okay. some very intense audience segmentation, which is we're trying to figure out the name of every person that listens to the podcast. I bet I could get half. That's for Google data, you know, yeah. exactly. the advertising. Purposes. SEO, baby. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. So you have to take a road trip with a media member. Uh, the road trip is 30 hours. You can only pick one person. Who are you bringing? So you're like driving to San Fran. Yeah. How, how, how far out can I cast this media net? Um, I would say people that you work with on a, like on a daily or weekly basis. Like if you see them, it's not like, Oh, Hey, long time. No see. It's like, you see them and you go, Hey, good to see you again. Hmm. (laughs) Can I pick the PR? You can go PR. Sure. I might go with Aaron Freeman. Yeah. I think, I think that's probably right. Yeah. That's right. That's good. Okay. There was, I figured there was Aaron a right Freeman or wrong is answer. The uh, PR guy for the Lynx who does a lot of Wolves stuff too. Now Wolves. Now the Wolves. Yeah, now Wolves. Yeah. Corey Henry yeah. is now behind the, the Lynx oh, PR. Nice. Rock yep. on, Corey. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's probably the right answer. Um, I don't, you know, I don't like, I don't think he listens to this podcast, but I think the, the only answer that I think would have been wrong would have been Dave Benz. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I hate to, I hate to kick a man while he's down. I swear Chris, God, Kyle, every time we talk this is what you did on John's too. catches some well, strays. <laughs> Well, I'm just saying that I love Dave, but like 30 hours in a car with Dave. You love Dave, but every time his name comes up, I am going to shit on him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's it. Um, Some guys okay. like, I wouldn't want to talk about basketball the whole time. I wouldn't want to listen to like all the basketball podcasts that we had to catch up on. I, you know, like one or two is cool, but I don't want to do that for 30 hours. Um, I feel like free, maybe we keep it light. Yeah, I like that. Um, okay, my next question is... Um, during your time as a Timberwolves reporter, um, who's been your favorite player to interact with? Uh, doesn't have to be a current player, but just uh, a player that you'll always, that, that'll be like your story to your grandkids. Be like, oh, this player, that was my guy. Or, uh, cool. yeah. 
Cole or Aldridge. W, w, Cole Aldridge. Yep. That's, Cole that's, Aldridge. Yeah. And that was a hands that's down. The, one. That's the right answer. Yeah. Cole, Cole is the best. And like, I'll still talk to Cole. He'll, he'll like text me when he's watching Timberwolves games, which isn't often, but he'll just text his random thoughts about how this guy stinks or that stinks or whatever. <laughs> or like, wow, this Zach guy's actually better than I thought. Uh, these types of things. And he always has comments like that. And he was like, we talked about pregame, hanging out and talking to guys and just having conversations. Cole was like our go-to because he was the only guy who would actually always sit there. And like, you'd be standing there and Cole would just start asking you questions. And and he might even be like, there's a time there where he was, I think, chewing pregame. And then mm-hmm. stopped doing that and switched, I think, as maybe part of his like wean-off strategy to where he just enjoy a nice cup of coffee pregame. Yep. Which, I've, seen, I've seen him eat popcorn pregame. Oh, yeah. Probably mm-hmm. on the bench, too. Yep. Uh, but coffee, you know, right when I'm about to do physical activity or watch physical activity, I guess, in Cole's case, that's what I want to mm-hmm. do is just take down a nice cup of Joe. Um, he, I have some Timberwolves caravan stories with Cole Aldridge. Um, one is basically having uh, making me um, not making me, I'm not, I don't want to make it seem like he was bullying me, but, um, I don't think I've ever drank as many Mick Michelob golden lights as I did <laughs> sitting next to Cole Aldridge on a this bus. This is Kyle Racky we're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. Wait, he, he let, you guys were drinking cold. light beer. I thought that was like against Cole's religion. Um, it was whatever that was on the bus. Okay. Um, so whatever the Timberwolves are providing. Yeah. I mean, he, I, he, he that probably had more than I did, but, um, <laughs> Yeah, that was. Don't you have a really good Shabazz Muhammad caravan story? <laughs> um, that might not be for the podcast. Um, well, you know what? I'll I'll share. Listen, if you um, get this deep into this podcast, you can... <laughs> so we're on the bus. We're on the bus, right? This is and... like a bad story. No, it's just it was very awkward. So yeah, the bus is probably the size of I don't know, just like a, a I don't know, like an RV. Um, so it's not huge, right? Um, and I you're don't just kind of even telling the same story. I think you're. I thought you're telling. Well, well Kyle, I was thinking you about first, the. Con- you, you, you can tell okay. your, your. I thought story. you were telling the convenience store story. Oh, that's a good story too. Okay, I'll tell both of these stories. Okay. Um, well, okay, the convenience store story is uh, basically we we didn't get per diem. I think they like they, they they gave us the company card to use for food and snacks and everything. Um, and uh, I was in line to get my food and snacks and I had my company card out and a man behind me and who I didn't see what was right away puts all of his stuff down, which is quite a bit of stuff. It's like Cheetos, beef jerky, all like, I mean, honestly, probably like $20, $30 worth of gas station food. And he pushes it towards mine. Like we're combining our orders and I was very confused. And I looked up and it was Shabazz and I, I was just like, oh, yeah, whatever. I don't even know what I said. Probably something awkward. And he's like, this is on Papa Glenn, right? Because <laughs> he saw my car. <laughs> um, and I was like, sure, that's totally fine. But then, you know, a month later, I have to explain to accounting why I got $70 worth of food at a gas station. <laughs> um, it's because Shabazz Muhammad uh, didn't have, you know, the money to, to pay for it. Um, so that's my first one. But that was that was funny. Um, the second one was basically we're on this caravan. And, um, you know, you're, you're going from... Uh, event to event right and you're you're having some beers and whatever and um shabazz is on the the caravan and his his girlfriend at the time and um i know he's had some crazy stories about like flying in women from i I don't i'm not even like fully caught up on that so i don't know if this was his i don't know how long this relationship lasted for but they were basically getting into an argument on the bus but they were whispering 
um, it was like a whisper yell, but the bus was so small that you could hear everything. And then everybody just got quiet. And I remember Ryan Saunders was on the bus too. He just looked at me and he was like, this is super awkward. <laughs> and I remember just being like, yeah, this is weird. Um, he, yeah, it was, uh, it was, it took, it was like 30 or 40 minutes. I think we were going from like Austin to Duluth and it was like right in the middle of that stretch. It was just super uncomfortable. Um, and yeah, it's like the whisper yell where it's like, how could you? And it's like, we can all hear you. I'm right here. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, Good times. all right. Uh, my other question is, um, all right. A player playing that, a game. Oh, I forgot. Yeah. Yep. Yep. This, but this is part of it. You just get in the conversations and we're podcast geniuses. Um, okay. So a player that, um, I, I don't want to say that you dislike a player, but maybe a player that you would not want to go on a 30 hour road trip. Like you guys, you just have nothing to talk about. It'd be kind of weird, awkward. And you don't have to say it if you don't want to yeah, ruin your, ruin your reputation with someone here. I'm Jeff. trying to think here. Who would be the best person? I'll, I'll say, I'll probably say wig mm-hmm. just because like, and he, and we had some like decent little like two or three minute conversations, but this is how they all went. Come up to him, ask him about like, you know, his daughter or whatever it might be, family, his dog. And we'd briefly talk for like two or three minutes and then it would just die. And mm-hmm. you could kind of tell part of that was probably like, why are you talking to me? I don't want to talk. And, and I just can imagine like getting two minutes into that 30 hour car drive <laughs> and me getting, trying to start a conversation and it just dying. And then me sitting there for the next 29 hours and 57 minutes in just dead silence as we listen to music and he's driving and snapchatting himself driving. And I'm like, Oh God, I hope we don't get into a crash. Here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think, I think that's Pretty good. good yeah. I'm trying to think of who mine would be. Um, not on the Timberwolves, but maybe Nate Robinson. Oh, sure. Yeah. He yelled at me once. Um, oh, yeah. Out. Because it was like, I think it was pregame. And like, you know, different players are different about how they want to go with the pregame routine. Mm-hmm. At this time, Nate Robinson was playing like eight minutes a game for the Nuggets. So it's not like he was a huge impact player. But he was in a commercial with Maya Moore. And I was trying to get some Lynx content. So I asked him about the commercial with Maya Moore. And he just freaked out at me, talk, telling me about how I shouldn't ask him questions like that before the game and blah, blah, blah. So he's trying to lock um, in. Trying, that's what he kind of told me. Um, I was Did like, lock in? well, I'm like, okay, dude, like, play? I don't, <laughs> I could probably look it up. I don't know. Four I, points, I, one rebound. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Six turnovers. And maybe he would have <laughs> seven points if not for me. Um, okay. Let's Mess close. With my flow. Mess with the flow. Uh, let's close with this. Um, you've been covering it all week, and um, you know we're we're a majority Timberwolves and NBA podcast. But the Gophers made made a big hire. Um, ben Johnson, new head coach. Uh, I saw Patino had a nice tweet today that I I kind of giggled at. But um, tell us about Ben and why this hire is important. Uh, I think it's important for the reason why you and I laughed at Patino's tweet and everybody, there were some people who were like, dude, shut up. Uh, he made fun of like his own in-state recruiting. He's like, Oh, I taught Ben everything I know, especially about in-state recruiting where Patino was notoriously terrible. And a lot of people were like, how did you realize you were so bad at this and never do anything to change it? Because Minnesota's had some really good high school basketball talent come through here for the last six or seven years. And it's why I think you can't compare 
Minnesota basketball and the Gophers 15 years ago to now because like the talent pool locally is so much better than it was that the team should be better too. And they have the practice facility. It's all stars are kind of aligned, but only if you take advantage of that talent pool and Ben Johnson's really good at that. Um, he, it's, it's been kind of out there by now, but like Amir Coffee, that was Ben Johnson. That wasn't Richard Patino. That was Ben Johnson. Daniel Oturu, largely Ben Johnson. Even in, even like nationally, Jordan Murphy, largely Ben Johnson. Gabe Kelsher, Ben Johnson. Like he, he was the guy who was doing like all the heavy lifting on this. And I get the sense that even as a head coach, he is going to be willing to do the heavy lifting and recruiting still, especially early because he knows that's his strength. So you've got these like high level guys and like in 2022, say, Creighton Durham Hall point guard Trey Holloman is a great player. Um, Eli King down in Caledonia, great player. A couple really talented guards. The Gophers may be Ben Johnson if he can make a run at one of those guys, get a commitment. Like that's how you start really building a program to where you have high end players and you're competing for maybe your fourth or fifth in the Big Ten and not consistently ninth, tenth, eleventh. And then every few years, maybe you make a run at a Big Ten title. That's what people want. Like they, they're not asking for it to be Michigan state. They're asking, can we be like just above one step above the middle and, and maybe make a run every now and then at something great at a sweet 16 or something. And Ben Johnson can maybe recruit the way you need to recruit to kind of build that kind of program. Yeah. I, I like the hire. Um, and this is coming from somebody who watched two quarters of Gophers basketball this year, but uh, it seems I, gotcha. from- I watched like eight quarters. Probably. Yeah. Halves. They're actually playing halves now these days too. So that's. Oh wow, good, good, good. I sound like an idiot. Okay, all right. Yeah, the ten thousand latest podcast. Do you watch keep one li- half, Kyle? Keep listening. If my if my fractions. Uh... Or maybe you watched the whole game and you just thought they were quarters. Maybe I was watching something it's, totally different. It's halftime. <laughs> yeah, Kyle, that was golf. Yeah, where am I? Uh, okay, well, uh, Jace, you have a game to cover tonight. Um, who do the Wolves play tonight? I don't even know. We're all silent. <laughs> this is worse for you than it is for me. I us. just looked it up yesterday because I didn't know and I don't remember. Well, I uh, have it on my calendar because I downloaded they it. They play the Mavericks. Mavs, the Mavs. Oh, I, I downloaded that. it to my calendar and I can't get it off. It's Dallas. It's the Mavericks. Okay. Um, all right. <laughs> it well, was funny because before pregame availability, I mean, no, before practice availability yesterday, I had to look it up because I couldn't remember. And then here we are probably 22 hours later. We're doing like 6.30 p.m. availabilities now. It's terrible. But 22 hours later, I can't remember again. So it's I'm locking in for the game. You guys, nice. Kyle, you kind of screwed up with my pregame flow. But mm-hmm. Yeah, just like Nate Robinson. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, uh, Jace, thanks for Jace joining us, man. Nate Robinson of Timberwolves Media Coverage. As hates, he known. hates Andrew Wiggins. You heard it here. <laughs> um, Andrew's for sure listening. But yeah, Jace, we appreciate it. Thank you. Um, our next show we'll record on Sunday. It'll be out Monday. Um, we have some new sponsorship talk t- to discuss with, I guess not discuss with you. I mean, there's nothing, nothing we, we're not negotiating with you. It's already done, um, but that's we're excited. People, that's what the people want. Yeah, that's what they want. Um, we'll launch that on Sunday. So um, yeah, we'll talk to you guys next time. And uh, thanks guys. It feels right.